It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Black. We're going to talk a ton about Georgia State today uh, on today's show. We're going to get into that almost instantly, just real quick. I got a feeling some Georgia State listeners will listen to this. Um, I'm sure Ben's going to share it. Uh, he told me he would. And then uh, also just with people searching Georgia State and it's going to pop up in the title and things like that. So folks coming into town, first off, hopefully you have a great time. Um, we will uh, we'll take care of you for sure. And and uh, yeah, be sure to check out, uh, check out the folks at Frisky Whiskey on your way in. If you're doing some tailgating or on your way home, whatever... Oh, uh, whatever it may be, but that's uh, that's who today's show is brought to you by. Frisky Whiskey, um, right off of I-85. If you're leaving Alabama, uh, it's right when you get into Georgia, or if you're coming from uh, Georgia State, as soon as you uh, as soon as you're about to come into uh, the state of Alabama, they got awesome selection, awesome prices. Highly recommend you check those guys out. Our friends at Frisky Whiskey. All right, let's jump right into this thing. And joining us now here on today's Locked On Auburn, Ben Moore with Panther Talk, part of the 247 Sports Network. How you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm great, man. It's a game week. I'm excited about uh, making the short trip down 85 uh, from, from Atlanta, South Atlanta, where I, where I live, down to uh, the Plains. My first ever uh, football game down there at Auburn, so super excited. Well, uh, hopefully you have a, a great time. Hopefully uh, you eat a lot of good food and, and enjoy yourself here on the Plains, man. Tell us, uh, tell us about this Georgia State program this Georgia State football team I know it's kind of a, a broad question I do that on purpose just to kind of hear you know what your thoughts are about the squad so far this year yeah um, I think I'll start this year so so yeah you know one and two start uh, really really ambitious schedule quite honestly one of the better non-conference uh, I would say probably in the group of five schools period uh, opened up against a really difficult uh, army opponent uh, you know my I can say my as an Army brat, my dad is an Army veteran, spent 24 years in. Uh, he'll tell you about the triple option. It's like anesthesia. Uh-huh. Uh, basically, eventually it's going to get you, right? Um, so, you know, they had a blowout loss there uh, to, to open up and uh, then go on the road and then no big deal. Just face a very angry North Carolina team that was, was rated uh, 10th in the country uh, against a guy uh, in Sam Howell. Uh, who, who a lot of folks think is, is going to be a high draft pick. He's good. Uh, and play on Sunday. So uh, they did have a, have a win this past Saturday. Had a slick track uh, there. A lot, a lot of rain in Metro Atlanta. So it wasn't, uh, wasn't the prettiest of games. I don't think they'll be teaching that game film, uh, certainly. But uh, ran the ball 50 times on a, on a Charlotte 49ers team and came away with a 29 victory. Um, so uh, they're, they're coming off a victory. Uh, excited right. about that. Some certainly some good vibes. But but zooming out, uh, you know, it's a it's a program that's basically played uh, NCAA sanctioned football since 2010 uh, here at right. the FBS uh, D1 level since 2013. A member of the Sun Belt Conference, and um, I think uh, if not the fastest, one of the fastest programs to go from not even having a jock strap or a locker room to playing in a bowl game. So uh, I've been fortunate and blessed to be uh, be along the entire ride and. Uh, we're, we're as the, the program is as old as my uh, seventh grader. They're 12 years old. So uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Of course, there's a lot of fans who uh, who want to be ambitious and then sort of look at programs like Auburn and say in, in University of Georgia here in the state and tech and say, hey, uh, we, we want to get to that 
uh, level and, and uh, experience. The problem is, right, uh, you're not 100 years old until you're 100 years old. So right. uh, they're, they're 12 right now. So they're, they're the angry middle schooler that's uh, trying to come out and, and knock some teams off. I mean, uh, an angry middle schooler can be a little dangerous at times, right? I mean, what's the danger level from the Auburn Tigers perspective? You know, Georgia State wants to come into town and, and uh, you know, shock the world, right? What do you, uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's the biggest thing is, is kind of learning from that week two matchup, right? You know, you, they, they played a very good top 10 program in North Carolina uh, that was offensively just gifted. Um, you know, that's kind of stubbed their toe in Blacksburg in week one, you know, and, and, I, and I've, you know, co- covering college football, and I know you know as well, it's it's kind of difficult to judge a team from week one to week two because you just don't really know what you have in week yeah. one. You get out there and guys have, you know, not necessarily played either together or on the field in, in different scenarios or, you know, like Auburn has a new coaching staff. So um, you're trying to get adjusted to schemes. Um, so that's what, you know, was, was kind of interesting to see and, and really to get blasted by North Carolina and really defensively just, just get mauled. Um, and I think that was the tough part. It was a 24-10 game um, at halftime. The Panthers had put together a 17-play drive and, and really kind of mashed the front seven um, there and, and that's that's the identity of this Georgia State program, really under Sean Elliott, a former offensive line coach at South Carolina. Uh, he, they want to run the football. Uh, I believe the number is now they're ten and three when they run the ball forty five times or more under Sean Elliott. So uh, he wants to run the football. They run a lot of run pass option, which I I know the folks uh, down there on the plains are very familiar with that style of football, oh, yeah. and uh, we expect to see some of that again um, uh, again on Saturday. But uh, they do have ample weapons uh, and senior weapons at tight end. Um, one, of, one of probably the best wide receiver groups uh, in the Sun Belt and uh, some guys that uh, could have an opportunity to play on Sundays here in a few years um, in, in some names that uh, will certainly be called uh, on Saturday night. Did Elliot cross pass with Bobo at all? Do they have a relationship? They do, and, and, and I think they're friendly. Um, you know, and it's uh, you know, Elliot was there, and it kind of just was handed a grenade, quite honestly, when when Steve Spurrier, you know, retired midseason, and a lot of folks still uh, enjoy him and like him a lot uh, in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, it, it, I think the difficult part for him, obviously, was all right. So you take over this program, and then you know, Will Muschamp comes in the following season and keeps him on. You know, realizes how popular he is with the players, how good of a recruiter he is. I've uh, kind of built that offensive line, and and to his credit and his staff's credit, they've really rebuilt and uh, got one of the Sun Belt's best offensive lines as well. Um, you know, all five starters are back, and they're they're continuing to kind of mash people. So, uh, but I, I think there are relationships there. Um, certainly, I, I know they've probably run across each other on the recruiting, you know, uh, waves and, sure. and things that way. And even even defensive coordinator Derek Mason, of course, and you know, his time at Vanderbilt, I'm sure they they bumped into each other recruiting around the southeast. So, Ben, let's talk about the passing attack. You just mentioned that a few seconds ago. I think if uh, if if Georgia State is to come into Jordan Hare and shock the world and kind of you know throw a you know throw a wrench in Auburn's plans, I think it's going to be through passing the football, specifically in the middle of the field. Do you think they could possibly get some uh, some yards through the air that way? Yeah, I think that's the plan. You know, that's the biggest thing ultimately with you know uh, the, the RPO game, right? You you want to basically build that and kind of lull some of those those safeties and linebackers in to say, hey, you know, I'm, I've got to take that step or two step, get get off leg, uh, you know, kind of get that 
uh, that eye discipline, right? That the coaches talk about, hey, I'm going to start peeking in the backfield a little bit and have guys run behind me or run up the seam. Um, they certainly have enough weapons to do that. A guy by the name of Sam Pinckney was a guy that caught, um, you know, basically 44 passes last year. Yeah. Is, is probably one of the best Sunbelt, uh, you know, receivers out there. there. There's a, you know, a pretty decent list of Sunbelt receivers, but at 6'4, 215 pounds, a guy that was recruited by and offered at Jimbo Fisher's Florida State camp. Um, and on the other side is Josiah Credle, who got, his, uh, you know, his season really off to a, to a bang um, the other night. I uh, caught a touchdown pass. He's a UCF transfer, so obviously knowing kind of the, the caliber level of a player there. Cornelius McCoy, uh, you know, really speedy guy out of Florida, um, you know, kind of operates in the slot there. So they like to use the tight ends. They like to, you know, go and, and throw, you know, 22 personnel sometimes where they're going to throw two tight ends on the field, and both of them are seniors. So they've been through it. Uh, one of them is a super senior. So he's, yeah. I, I believe, the number, you know, he, he's already, you know, plus 40 in his career uh, in terms of that. So those guys could get get loose uh, and have an opportunity to kind of hit the, the mid passes. Um, I, they don't have really burners in terms of wide receivers at this point, but um, something a name that uh, some folks around the SEC may remember, Jamias Williams. Uh, he was a defensive back there with Sean Elliott at South Carolina, and uh, he's actually flipped to running back, and he scored his first touchdown uh, the other night, uh, seven carries for 76 yards. So he he, he has legit speed. Um, he's not a starter. Uh, he kind of comes off the bench as that thunder-lightning type option. So get him out in space, and he has an opportunity to do some stuff. But, you know, to, to, to use your words, to shock the world, sure. um, they're, they're going to need turnovers. I mean, that's, that's what the recipe was. Um, you know, going up to Knoxville in 2019, um, you know, the first play of the game, the Vols turned it over, um, you know, picked it off and about three plays later, popped it in for a touchdown. Uh, they also picked off, Jer- you know, Jared Guantano uh, up there. And and uh, just, you know, I, I think this is an offense um, that has the potential to be very good. We haven't seen it yet just because, you know, getting some very good defenses there. I, I had to remind some folks, Army was number one in total defense last year in t- 2020. So uh, getting shut down by them. Uh, was a little bit uh, a little bit tough to digest in week one, but uh, certainly be picking some things up now. You mentioned twenty two personnel. How do they use that? Do they put both those tight ends on the line? Is is one on the line and one kind of in the slot? Do they put them both in the slot? What's that look like? Yeah, they they, they move guys around. You'll see them in, in almost a, like the old H back fullback position. So you have guys that, you know slide around in motion. You know throw some flare passes out. Uh, you know, move bouncing around um, guys that way. They, they like a lot of power. They like to move their guards and get their offensive guards out in space. They're very athletic uh, at the right guard, left guard, and center position. So you're seeing those guys really get out in space. Um, and I think that's going to be the challenge to me, at least, uh, is seeing that uh, Georgia State offensive line, which is a veteran crew, uh, facing Auburn front seven that is going to be the most physical they face this season. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Uh, there's just not that level of size and talent and speed at that level uh, in the Sun Belt, um, you know, especially right up front. I mean, there's there's going to be smaller, quicker guys in the Sun Belt and things like that. They'll see uh, from the Appalachian states and coastal Carolinas, Arkansas states, things like that. So I think that's the challenge. And and I think it's uh, something for the, obviously the offensive staff there for the Panthers to, to generate uh, obviously some first downs and, and take some shots, as you mentioned. What do you like about Georgia State's quarterback? Yeah, that's been an interesting storyline, certainly in the last uh, – I'd say three or four days. They did make a quarterback change. Oh, okay. um, redshirt freshman Cornelius Quad Brown um, had started uh, all ten games last season in a COVID shortened year as a redshirt freshman. Um, he did not really play well in the in the first two weeks, and uh, you know some of it had to do with him. Some of it had to do with his offensive line not playing great. 
uh, wide receivers, you know, drop some balls and things like that. Um, they went to Darren Granger, who's a guy uh, who's about his same size, about six four and a half, and about two hundred and ten pounds. Very, very capable runner, and showed that off. He had seventeen rushing attempts against Charlotte. Um, he has pretty good straight line speed. Uh, has has a pretty good deep ball. Had had two touchdown passes over thirty yards against Charlotte on Saturday night, and uh, but that's really going to be the the formula, I believe, and uh, is just you know, trying to hit those shots when they're there. Uh, have the opportunity if there is some you know some guys that do take a st- false step and and come forward a bit, um, taking shots and hitting them um, and, and making sure that they have the opportunity to to move the ball down the field or even even grab a big play when it's there. Today's show also uh, brought to you courtesy of our friends at RockAuto.com with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's impossible to find uh, everything you need for your car at your local chain storefront. RockAuto.com, they have it all. Check out RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Right? Locked on Auburn in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at SweatBlock. SweatBlock uh, is doctor-created, doctor-recommended, works for up to seven days per use. You just uh, take the swipe, and you apply it under your arms, and you don't sweat much anymore, or hardly at all, based on um, based on everything that folks are saying about SweatBlock. Um, saves your shirts, helps your confidence, a lot of good things. So uh, go to SweatBlock.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off at SweatBlock.com. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKEDON, one word. Uh, you also can go to Amazon and CVS. But SweatBlock.com, 20% off with promo code LOCKEDON. Ben, Auburn fans are really excited about their backfield this year. Tank Bixby, we all knew he was going to be really, really good going into the season, but the emergence of true freshman Jarquez Hunter, that one-two punch has been something that Auburn fans want to see more of. Uh, who's going to be standing in their way on on Saturday for this Georgia State defense? Yeah, that's that's the matchup that I'm I'm definitely interested in, in seeing as well. Okay. I mean, um, the Sun Belt, as I mentioned, the Sun Belt a lot of times is built on a little bit smaller uh, defensive linemen, quicker guys that can get in and out and, and chase guys down. Um, you're not going to have certainly SEC level size, uh, although you have a, a North Carolina transfer in Kyle Wright, who's inside linebacker, 6'3", 235. Um, he, he looks the part. He looks like he can certainly play at a power five because he did. Uh, he was at North Carolina and was recruited by several other schools that way. But um, got guys like Dante Wilson, they're a nose guard. They do run a 3-4. Um, it's attacking. They like to, to stand their um, outside linebackers up and, and have that kind of rush defensive end. Sure. Um, I think they played 23 total defensive players, uh, mostly in the front seven uh, the other night. Uh, against Charlotte, I could see that number, you know, possibly increasing just to know and, and try to slow down that Auburn uh, potent Auburn rushing attack. And I think that's that's the biggest thing ultimately they're going to have to do is try to, you know, whether it's run blitzing, generate some level of pressure. Uh, but so far this season, they've been pretty stout. They slowed down North Carolina's rushing attack. Uh, that's we know that's all Army does. They're going to run it and uh, held Army under under four yards per carry. So um, it. Yeah, they've done their job against the run. I think it's it's certainly going to be a strength what Georgia State thinks they do well from a defensive side of things uh, to what Auburn's going to want to do. Sure, and then a lot of questions amongst the Auburn fan base in regards to you know who's going to be catching the football for the Tigers. A lot of inconsistencies for pretty much all of the pass catchers. Um, what do the defensive backs look like for Georgia State? Yeah, there um, there there has been some changes there as well. You know, Coach Elliott had some new some new starters for the Charlotte matchup uh, going into the season. Uh, you know, the Panthers returned nine of eleven starters 
uh, on defense and, and all four in the secondary. Uh, I talked to Coach Elliott today. Uh, Chris Moore, a graduate transfer uh, from the University of Virginia, uh, took a little bit of a knock uh, in that North Carolina game. He had to go through the concussion protocol, so they're hoping to have him back basically at the one safety. Uh, you have a, a senior basically at strong safety and Chris Bacon, which one of my favorite uh, last names in all of college sports. Gotta love that. Um, but uh, you have two senior corners in Quay White, a kid from South Carolina that was recruited by South Carolina and Clemson, and Jalen Jones, a Metro Atlanta kid that played at uh, Grayson High School, which most folks around the South know. They produced a ton of, ta- of, right. of talent all around the SEC. So you have veterans, and then uh, honestly, one of the guys that uh, reminds me a lot of Tyron Matthew, if you thought about the Sunbelt version of the Honey Badger. Wow. Uh, Antavius Lane, they call him the hit stick. Uh, he had four interceptions as a true freshman. Uh, another three or four forced fumbles, uh, had a pick six in the Lending Tree Bowl last season. So uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. He he fits the physical profile of Tyron Matthew. You see him out there, number 34, uh, right about 5'8 and a half, 5'9 and about 180 pounds, just flying around and sticking his face in basically anywhere where the ball is. So uh, looking forward to seeing him kind of get into it. And I think that's that's really the tough part ultimately is, you know, we saw in week two, Sam Howell was able to find some weaknesses. And um, this defense, especially in the secondary, is going to play some zone and even some soft zone because they don't want to get beat over the top, knowing that the the, the speed potential is there, obviously, within the Auburn, uh, Auburn receiving core. What has the mindset been, if you had to kind of describe it, of this Georgia State football team? Look, this is the first time these two programs have played each other. This is going to be um, – I would assume that Georgia State's going to kind of go in there with the mentality of, hey, we really want to kind of prove that we belong, you know, at this level of college football. What kind of conversations do you think are happening in this locker room this week? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, coming off a win, that certainly helps. You know, you, you didn't want to come into this game and, and have the potential to be 0-4. Um, so you could, having that momentum, hey, things actually did you know, proceed the way they they drew it up and they wanted to do it. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing under Sean Elliott, uh, especially against Power Five opponents in the last five seasons, is just seeing you know progression. You want to you want to honestly get be in the game in the third quarter, be in the game in the fourth quarter. You, you don't want a situation where you know they're they're pulling walk ons on the field. You know, basically in the middle of the fourth quarter, looking around, yeah. uh, waving at, at their at their parents and things like that in the stands and saying, "Hey, what are we doing for dinner afterwards?" So sure. um, I think that's that's the biggest uh, challenge and. You know, as I mentioned, I mean this this Panthers program has uh, still has about thirty five guys in it that remember that trip up to Knoxville, and uh, and I think uh, another twelve or thirteen played in that game, so uh, they know what it's like to go into an SEC opponent, have an opportunity to win, and I think just uh, execute and, and really take advantage of the situation. Um, I, you know, I, again, I, I'd love to see the team compete. Um, and, and definitely not, you know, not get blown out. I mean, that's that's kind of the stage where this is in. You've gone through the infancy. Uh, Georgia State's been very, very uh, ambitious scheduling since the very beginning. I mean, they played Alabama twice. You've gone out to Oregon. Um, you've gone to a ranked Wisconsin team, and, and I believe the the number will be once it's all said and done. We'll play uh, seven straight years with SEC opponents. So um, they they want to play the big boys uh, there in Metro Atlanta and gain some respect, and and certainly competing in this game on Saturday will do a lot for that. BetOnline.ag is the number one place uh, to bet on all of your pro and college football action this season. They've got a new updated site, an interface, and even more odds, props, and contests for you to bet on at BetOnline.ag, the number one source for everything football. Use promo code LOCKEDON when you make your first deposit to get a 100% welcome bonus on that deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. So the, the scheduling from a smaller school, like a Sunbelt school, tra- playing in the SEC and traveling out west, the Big Ten, like you said, the um, does the program get better from a funding standpoint, those payday games, or... Does you know? Do do you believe that these football players get better when they go up against this level of competition? Sure, I, I think they, I think a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, certainly for some belt programs that I um, mean, their TV contract is 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 going to be one where it's going to pay about a million and a half per school. Sure, um, that's that's pennies, obviously, for an SEC, ACC, Big Ten program. Uh, but it is that opportunity. You know, uh, Georgia State had an opportunity to go, and I believe uh, Wisconsin was top ten ranked at the time. Um, had to lead in the fourth quarter to Camp Randall in a noon game. Uh, of course, the win against Tennessee. Uh, and I remind folks too that wasn't a th- you know a three and nine Tennessee program. They ended up going eight and five. Uh, of course, and then firing Jeremy Pruitt the following season. So right. things kind of get you know I call it kind of the COVID brain, right? We forget a lot of about what happened with 2020 and before that. But um, they they've they've competed uh, at Oregon and and uh, had opportunities and, and hung 30 some points on there uh, going out west. Um, I think the biggest thing ultimately for these players is you know they're they're looking. You know, not only for the now, but a lot of these guys, as you well know, they want to play in the NFL. They want to put sure. on good film against guys, uh, you know, in the SEC, in the ACC. Um, they, you know, want to. I mean, I, I talked to the defensive backs in the preseason. They wanted to play well against the Sam Howell, who we, we, you know, were heard how good of an NFL prospect he was. The defensive line wanted to get in there and sack him and uh, do things that way. So I think that's kind of the next step, especially for the older guys. You have so many older guys. Uh, I believe twenty-three guys that are basically seniors. Or, or redshirt seniors on this roster that will be traveling down. So um, they know they're they're at the end of their college football experience and and would love nothing more to certainly have a, another huge win on their resume. Uh, but I think more than anything else, just getting there and competing. There's also several uh, Alabama residents and natives that are on this roster as well that will play, and that we know that that means a lot. They probably uh, may have camped there or, or you know have right. had gone and gone to games there. Obviously at Jordan Hare, so uh, they want to play well in front of some family and friends and and uh, have some bragging rights of their own. Ben, you've been around Georgia State for a long time. It seems like. Do you have any any kind of fun facts or traditions? Not even have to be about the football program, just the school itself that Auburn fans may find interesting and fun. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, we we uh, started in 1913, uh, so basically the school is over 100 years old. I believe right now their fourth largest uh, uh, campus in terms of student enrollment in the nation. There's over 53,000 undergraduate, wow. uh, very in line with a program like UCF, where you have satellite campuses around uh, a lot of satellite campuses all around Metro Atlanta. Of course, as we mentioned, they play in the Sun Belt. It's been the Sun Belt since 2013. Uh, the inventor of Midnight Madness, the one Charles Lefty Giselle, of course, coached at Georgia State. Uh, I was a walk-on uh, for him, a failed walk-on. He knew more about my uh, my uh, high school's golf course than he knew about my basketball program. But uh, the left-hander's tremendous uh, college basketball Hall of Famer, uh, led the Panthers to an NCAA berth. And uh, this is very much a basketball school as well. Uh, they, they have gone to three of the last five NCAA tournaments, grabbing that Sun Belt tournament bid. Um, and uh, have have hired, uh, I think he's in his third year now, Rob Lanier from Tennessee. So there's all kind of SEC uh, pieces in there. 
Uh, some famous alums, if you're, uh, you know, you're, you're an entertainment buff. Uh, Julia Roberts is from Smyrna, which is just west of the city. Uh-huh. She attended Georgia State. And uh, I graduate or I went to school with a, a music management major by the name of Chris Bridges. You probably know him as Ludacris. He uh, used to hang around the basketball program quite a bit. Uh, he's not a very tall fella, so he didn't really fit there. Uh, he was there for basically about four semesters. And he's very much uh, comes back and, and does events. Uh, he does a birthday event, basket, celebrity basketball event. Uh, he has his own Georgia State jersey as well like that. So um, there's a lot of fun facts. And, and, and again, uh, Georgia State, from the football side of things, is really only 12 years old. But yeah. they've, they do play at the old former uh, – what used to be Turner Field, and of course, the Olympic Stadium. Uh, one of only two programs that do that in America. That's as, as long as, uh, as well as uh, Southern Cal that plays out there uh, in Pasadena. So you've had the uh, Major League Baseball, you've had the Olympics opening ceremonies, and now Georgia State has renovating that. Uh, they're in the process of building a ninety million dollar basketball facility uh, just north of uh, of the former Turner field, which is now center park credit union stadium right? and uh, baseball and softball. And if we, if you have any baseball buffs, um, I grew up being a huge baseball fan. So the new brand new baseball facility and softball facility will sit exactly where Hank Aaron hit his 715th home run right there. What used to be Atlanta Fulton County stadium. So the baseball team actually still use utilizes that wall as their outfield wall from Fulton County stadium. So exactly the, the wall that, uh, was launched and, and hit. Uh, there are pieces of that, obviously, that are still a part of the baseball program there with Georgia State. So uh, they have ingrained themselves, uh, obviously, in Metro Atlanta. Uh, more than 200,000 living alumni in the Metro Atlanta area. Uh, so it's you really uh, it is not even the six degrees of separation. It's more like three or four when you talk to people who went to Georgia State. Wow. I asked for a, a fun fact or two, and you delivered, my friend. That was fantastic. Where can people go to get all of your great coverage if folks want to kind of get a glimpse behind enemy lines this week to prepare for this Auburn versus Georgia State matchup? Absolutely. Follow, you can follow me on social media. Um, I promise I don't take myself too seriously. What was the old country song? I'm so much cooler online. Uh, we have. Uh, you can find me uh, at panthertalk.com. We are part of the 24-7 Sports Network, uh, proud members, and uh, and – Excited to see, uh, you know, Auburn. Uh, we, we know uh, Southern Hospitality, uh, know it well. Uh, we, we've gone down there to uh, the old Beard Ives Coliseum a couple of times uh, as Georgia State and Auburn played basketball back in the Cliff Ellis days. Thank goodness uh, we're not in that building anymore. Thank goodness we moved across the street. <laughs> I haven't even seen the new building either. So I, I, I'm, I'm taking my wife and kids down there uh, and looking forward to the trip. And uh, my nine-year-old told me aptly, uh, what are we eating? Can I get an Auburn stuffed animal or and or a t-shirt? I said, absolutely. Buy whatever you want. Go nuts. That's awesome. That's awesome. Ben, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You got it. Thanks for having me, Zach. Appreciate you. All right. That does it for uh, today's edition of the show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I think, um, I think it was a lot of fun. A lot of really, really good information. A lot of good information. Hey, follow me on Twitter at Z Black. I'll be showing Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, please click that subscribe button. Would mean a ton. Tomorrow we wrap up our week with Justin Ferguson for a Ferg Friday. Of course, he with the Auburn Observer. And we'll be giving away another subscription to the Auburn Observer. So be sure to tune in and check out how to do so. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.